Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, February 12th. In today's news, Mike Pence says the U.S. is ready to talk with North Korea. The Trump administration plans to cut off federal support for the International Space Station. And Trump aides insist Chief of Staff John Kelly's job is secure. But first, the big idea. A freewheeling immigration debate in the Senate this week will test the power of conservative outside groups. The open immigration debate that Mitch McConnell promised last month to end the government shutdown will begin Monday night. It may be the most consequential story of the week, but even the wisest insiders on Capitol Hill are unsure how it will play out, including the majority leader. Most coverage of this issue understandably focuses on the Latino activists whose future is at stake and the immigration groups that have been occupying congressional offices or staging large-scale protests. But this fight also poses a major test for hardline advocacy groups on the right, and they're worried that President Trump is going to give too much ground to cut a deal. Democrats are focused this week on passing a narrow bill that will protect the DREAMers, those undocumented immigrants who were brought to the United States as children. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer said in a statement, quote, every ounce of energy this week is going to be spent on crafting a bill that protects the dreamers and can get 60 votes. Now, Trump says he's willing to give a pathway to citizenship for all 1.8 million dreamers, but only if he gets funding for a border wall, restrictions on family-based legal immigration, and an end to the diversity visa lottery program. Democrats and border state Republicans say those demands are simply too much, that that's a bridge too far. On the other side, Heritage Action, which is one of the most influential advocacy groups on the right, loves those proposals to restrict legal immigration, but is mobilizing its millions of grassroots supporters to oppose anyone getting citizenship who entered the United States unlawfully, no matter what other concessions they might get. This is a tricky balancing act and a difficult needle to thread. The guy trying to do it is Mike Needham, the chief executive of Heritage Action. He explained their strategy during an interview in his office. We're going to always call True North, and this is an amnesty bill. Even the Goodlatte bill in the House, which conservatives are rallying around for good reason, is an amnesty bill. And I think one of the lessons of 1986 is that when you provide amnesty, especially amnesty without the kind of wholesale change to the system that matches demand for labor with supply of labor in a smart way, you are going to have a problem that comes back five years from now, 10 years from now. And Washington only solves problems once every 30 years. So I think amnesty is the wrong way to go. And we're not going to flinch off that. We're also recognizing that the fact of the matter is the president, and it seems like the political center of gravity in the Congress is to do some sort of limited amnesty uh, for the dreamers. Heritage Action's relationship with GOP leaders on Capitol Hill was especially fraught during Barack Obama's second term, after the group played a starring role in forcing the 2013 government shutdown in a quixotic bid to defund Obamacare. Lawmakers from the establishment wing of the party routinely grumbled about their influence and their demands for fealty. The rapport between the two sides is a lot better now, and both Republican insiders on Capitol Hill and the outsiders at Heritage Action say they have a more professional working relationship than ever. This is especially important now that they're in power. As Needham explained, Now we're in the point where 
maybe taking 50% of the loaf is what you want. Um, you know, the health care bill was certainly not something that was exactly what conservatives would have uh, drafted. The first version, I think, was woefully inadequate, even for the compromises you make with governing. But I think what you see is everybody at this point wants to get to yes. We don't want to be a cheap date, but we want to get to yes. Heritage Action is trying to stay true to its outsider credentials, but also make sure that it has a seat at the table in the Trump era. This week will show if they can strike that balance on immigration. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Vice President Mike Pence tells the Washington Post that the United States is, quote, ready to talk with North Korea. Pence's words signal a potential breakthrough in diplomacy efforts, which began last week during bilateral conversations with South Korean President Moon Jae-in. The new diplomatic strategy is this. The U.S. and its allies will continue to impose steep and escalating costs on the Kim regime until it takes steps toward denuclearization. But the Trump administration is now willing to talk with the regime while that pressure campaign is ongoing. This new position is the result of a compromise between the Trump and Moon administrations, which initially disagreed over whether Seoul's engagement with Pyongyang should continue after the end of the Olympics. Pence called the strategy maximum pressure and engagement at the same time. That is a significant shift from the previous position, which was to only engage with the regime after it made concessions. Number two, the Trump administration is seeking to turn the International Space Station into a commercially run private venture, ending direct federal support after the year 2025. According to an internal NASA document obtained by the Post, the White House is working on a transition plan and doesn't intend to abandon the orbiting laboratory altogether. The document provides only scant details about how this process might work, but it's likely to run into a wall of opposition, especially because we've already spent nearly $100 billion to build and operate it. Senator Ted Cruz, for example, called the decision the result of, quote, numbskulls at the Office of Management and Budget. Cruz said, as a fiscal conservative, quote, you know, one of the dumbest things you can do is cancel programs after billions in investment when there is still serious usable life ahead. This might be one of several proposals in Trump's budget, which is coming out Monday, that are dead on arrival on Capitol Hill. Number three, top Trump aides rushed to the defense of White House Chief of Staff John Kelly on the Sunday shows, insisting that his job is secure. Kelly's been under fire for praising ex-White House Staff Secretary Rob Porter even after his ex-wives credibly accused him of abusing them. Porter, who continues to deny wrongdoing, later resigned over those allegations. Trump has informally sounded out possible replacements for his chief of staff, including Mick Mulvaney, the director of the Office of Management and Budget, and House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy, the congressman from California. But his aides, at least in public, insist that Trump is planning to stay the course, Kellyanne Conway, counselor to the president, said on ABC's This Week that Trump has full confidence in Kelly and isn't looking for replacements. Mark Short, the White House legislative director, tried to dispel rumors that Kelly had offered to quit. And Mulvaney said the White House's handling of the Porter situation was, quote, completely reasonable and normal. In case you missed it, Trump speechwriter David Sorensen resigned late Friday night from the White House over accusations of abuse from his ex-wife. He, like Porter, denies those claims. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, February 12th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. 